0: Our short reading is from 1 Thessalonians, um, chapter 4, 13 to 18. And if you've ever been into St. Philip's Cathedral, and as you've walked out, you've seen the uh, last judgment window, I guess Burne jones really put into a picture uh, what we're going to read. The coming of the Lord. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these
1: words. So there's no doubt that we are here on Advent Sunday. Advent, this time of expectant waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises. It is purposeful waiting for the coming of Christ, and there is no doubt that whilst for many people this becomes a season of frenetic activity, there is something deeper in the Christian journey towards Christmas. And as we light uh, the one candle today, two next week, three the week after, four the week after, Uh, and then the white candle on Christmas Day. We have that sense of building up towards something very special. And there is that purposeful waiting for the coming of Christ. And that little video clip, of course, talked about both waiting for the birth of Christ in anticipation, in purposeful celebration, but also waiting in anticipation of the return of Christ as something that is to happen in the future. And both are important. It is a time to prepare our hearts to celebrate the birth of Christ. But we also anticipate what God has still got to do in this world. And so it is a fulfillment of the word of the prophet Isaiah. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And this picture of a great bright light shining over the nations as the Lord comes to us. This inspires our Christmas celebration. Tonight, I want to speak about who Jesus is. So that as we start talking to our friends and as we invite them to things that are happening around Christmas time, we really get, as we get engaged in conversation around Jesus, we need to know who he is. And that'll lead into our Christmas celebration of this is Jesus, as we affirm who he is in a number of different ways over Christmas. And by the way, as we're talking about that uh, Christmas program, Richard said quite a little bit earlier on, uh, when it comes to carol singing outside Asda on the 14th of December, uh, if there's anyone who fancies dressing up as uh, a cow or a sheep, uh, we have the onesies. They fit Martin, so if you're anything like Martin's size, they'll fit you as well. And, and, and then you can join in the get-in-the-picture idea, whereby we're inviting people to have their picture taken in Nativity costume uh, around the stable, all of which will, of course, provoke conversation as well as uh, create a smile. So uh, as well as singing, there is the opportunity of dressing up on that Saturday morning. We are trusting for a dry day for that one. And then as we move into those Christmas services, uh, particularly do want to underline that uh, 22nd in the evening, a more gentle service. We've got the wonderful choir. Amazing number of people who joined the choir. And and I know that those of you who are part of that are enjoying singing and will look forward to singing on that evening. And uh, in that very atmospheric service, also to reflect on how there is such a real hope at Christmas for those who may find it a particularly dark time there is light in the dark before all that of course uh, while we're talking about the december program uh, there's something else going on in the nation at the moment and next sunday i do want to focus very much on our country pray for our nation and and in the morning speak uh, in what i trust would be an appropriate way before the general election but in the evening that we should have time to engage in prayer for our nation for ourselves uh, and sharing communion, so we're not doing communion tonight. We're doing it next Sunday, and uh, as that the thinking around next Sunday evening takes shape in my mind, I'm sure it's going to be a really special time. So uh, this uh, this Sunday tonight, launching our Christmas program. Next Sunday evening, praying for our nation. So evenings as well as mornings are full of interest and uh, special features at the moment. But back to Advent. Advent hope is all about God coming to us in the birth of Jesus. God coming to us in the power of the Spirit today. God also coming to us again when Jesus returns in power and glory. And it is that future element of Advent that I would like to focus on just for a moment or two this morning. That time when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. Or in the words of our reading from Paul's letter, that the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. All political parties have published their manifestos. They've said what they intend to achieve if they are elected and have a majority in parliament. Our Christian manifesto would say an awful lot more about life here and now, about the difference that Jesus makes today and how he calls us to live in the communities in which we're placed. But it would also say more that whatever we strive to be and to do in this life, it is but a shadow of the greatest fulfillment of God's purposes, which is when Jesus returns, because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Now, this is not to diminish in any way what happens here and now. It is not some sort of escapism from the reality of life today. We are journeying towards Christmas, and that is a time when we will celebrate the birth of Christ. But at the same time, here is a conviction which should inspire our discipleship every day that we are not just looking back to the time when Jesus was born. We're not just looking around to a troubled and hurting world in which we live today. We are looking forward to the time when Jesus returns in great power and glory. At the end of this sermon, we're going to sing the hymn, What Gift of Grace is Jesus, My Redeemer? And it has in the final verse the lines, With every breath I long to follow Jesus. For he has said, he will bring me home. Home. And day by day, I know that he will renew me until I stand with joy before the throne. So the future needs to inspire the present. Our final destiny is a huge encouragement for the present journey. We need to look through the whole of Scripture to gain a full and clear understanding of what is going to happen in the future. And even when we've done that, we've still only got a glimpse, really, of what is to come. I'm quite certain that the Lord in his wisdom is keeping an awful lot of this under wraps. He hasn't told us very much about the future. There is far more we don't know than what we do know. But some things are clear. Some things are very clear. And it seems to me that there are three aspects to what will happen in that final day from these words in 1 Thessalonians 4. And they're very simple, really. The first is that Jesus will return. That at the beginning of creation, the word was there. Remember the introduction of John's gospel? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Jesus was there at the beginning. The word of life. And we often say that the life of Jesus begins right back in creation. When God spoke and it happened. Jesus, the agent of creation. And then, of course, in the moment of incarnation. When God became man. When we come to celebrate in that amazing time in just a few weeks now. But that is not the end of the story. Because when Jesus ascended into heaven, there were two men who were dressed in white who said to his disciples, this same Jesus who has been taken from you will come back in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And the story of Jesus is not complete until he returns in power and glory. And that will usher in the end of the world as we know it now. So very simply... Jesus will return. It's a key strand of our Christian life and faith. And from that, there will be a great resurrection. You see, the resurrection of Jesus was the first of many. And just as Jesus came to life, so there is a great resurrection to come. The dead in Christ will rise first, says these words, and then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds. I don't think we should dwell too much on the physical aspects of this. The when, the how, the what it will look like. Capture the vision that is expressed here. That the limited lifespan that all of us have here on earth is not our whole life. that those who have gone before, and those who are yet to come, and we who are alive in this moment, we will be raised. And that's a lot of people. It's something totally mind-blowing. It's something where we are stretched in our minds to dwell on the details, and I don't think it's wise to do so. I think it's more important to capture the vision. That Jesus will return, whatever that looks like, and however that will be, it is something that everyone will know about. That there will be a great resurrection, whatever that will be. It will be something awesome. And the, com- the conclusion of that is that we will be with the Lord forever. And this was especially written to those who were experiencing times of grief. The loss of loved ones is always deeply painful. To those who were grieving, the Apostle Paul introduced this message by saying we should not grieve as those who have no hope. There is pain, but there is also hope. Grief is very real. But hope is real too. And there is room for both. And these words were intended to lift the spirits of the early Christians. To realize that their life here on earth was not the whole story. There is more to come. We will be with the Lord forever. And that is fantastic. Now I'm well aware that there are many unanswered questions around this topic. What about those who have never heard about Jesus what about those who have not who have heard but do not believe that he is the son of god and the savior of the world what about the judgment of god as well as the mercy of god will we recognize each other in heaven what will it look like or what will it feel like many many questions And none of them have simple, quick, or easy answers. I don't want to brush them aside, but I do want to say that the force of Scripture is always that our understanding of what is to come in the future should inspire and encourage us to live better for Jesus in the present time. And as I look at the seemingly hopelessness, seeming hopelessness, Of society today I'm excited that there is a great hope of what is to come in the Christian journey of faith and we're not just waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus we are constantly in anticipation of the time when Jesus will return and that future inspires the present you see, there will be no war in heaven. We know that much. So I want to do all that I can to work and pray for peace here and now. So that in some way, something of our life here on earth can be an anticipation of that time in heaven when there is no war. We know that there will be perfect Harmony in heaven. And so I want to do all I can to work and pray for the relationships that I have and that others have here on earth. That they may in some way be a foretaste of that beautiful harmony which is promised in the future. There will be no more sickness or sorrow or pain in heaven. So, I want to do all I can to work and pray for the wholeness and joy that God wants to bring into our lives today. So that we can live now in anticipation of what is to come. There will be a great gathering of people in heaven. And I want to do all that I can here and now to say that Jesus is the way, He is the truth. He is the life. And that our only hope is in him. Because I want people to trust and discover Jesus today. In anticipation of the greater joy that will be there in heaven. So for me the future inspires the present. And as we come into this Advent season in a way in this time of waiting and anticipation we're we're looking back as we prepare to celebrate an event of the past when jesus was born but we're looking forward also because we know that there is the time when jesus will return this is what corrie ten Boone said when we're on the beach we only see a small part of the ocean However, we know that there is much more beyond the horizon. We only see a small part of God's great love, a few jewels of his great riches. But we know there is much more beyond the horizon. The best is yet to come when we see Jesus' face.